Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. Well, if you were here last week for our Easter celebration outside, wasn't it great? Amen. It was. A, it was a. We had. I think the number I heard was a little over six hundred people, um, which is fantastic. It was as a sta- as the staff and I were kind of looking at things to improve, things to critique it. Um, you know, we, we kept noticing, the thing that kept coming up was we got to see everybody, right? It, we've been worshiping in separate places since, I think 1992 was when, the, when we went to an 8.30 and 11 o'clock service. And so since about 1992, we have had to worship in multiple times because we're growing. God is blessing Wilkesboro Baptist Church, allowing us uh, to prosper and bringing people in. And that's happening now where we have three services on Sunday because we are gathering together. We have a lot of people coming in and wanting to worship with us. So it's good to come and worship together, right, Dr. Mike? It was, it was a great day. The weather was perfect. I know it was a little, little sunny, a little hot, but you know, there was no rain. So thank you for praying for no rain. Because if it was raining, it would have been a little bit worse. But it was a great time. Easter's always one of my favorite times of year. It's a time of new life. You've got spring is here. Flowers are blooming. Trees are blooming. Yes, you have pollen and we have to work through the pollen. But overall, it's just a sign of new life. And after going through a cold winter or a wet winter or whatever kind of winter, it's good to see some life. And we had a great time. But my question to you is, what have you done with it? What have you done with it? What have you been doing this week after experiencing that kind of celebration, that kind of moment where the gospel was preached openly and to our community, people heard it? The music was very uplifting, made us feel really good. It was a celebration. That's what it was designed to be, a celebration of what Jesus has done for us on the cross and a celebration of what we can look forward to in the future because Jesus is our hope. That was the celebration. But once again, what have you done with it? Because see, it takes more than just hearing and being a part of something like that. It's more than just experiencing those moments. You've got to do something with those moments. And I think that's what Jesus is going to tell us today in our scripture passage to study. So go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at a parable. Now, if you're new and you don't know what that term parable means, all that is is a fancy word for a story with a purpose. Jesus was a master teacher. Master teacher. He knew how to captivate a crowd. He knew how to illustrate points. And so what he would do is he would teach and then he would throw out these stories that people could relate to as a master teacher. And that's where we pick up here in Mark chapter 4. You've seen a few things from from Jesus up until this point. In the book of Mark, you get to follow Jesus. And Mark is a short gospel. It's to the point. He's writing it to everyone. The first statement of Mark 1.1 is, This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The whole purpose of the book is to explain the good news that Jesus gives us. 
the victory that Jesus gives us, the freedom that Jesus is going to give us. That's the whole point of the book right there, Mark 1.1. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what we've seen up until this point, we've seen Jesus heal people. Some friends brought someone that was couldn't walk, dropped them in a hole in the ceiling right at Jesus' feet, and Jesus healed them, and He walked out the door. Crowds were following. He healed sick people. He was preaching to, the, to all of the people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He was baptized openly by John the Baptist. We see that he was tempted. And so we pick up in the story where Jesus is starting to get a bunch of followers. He's relatively new into his ministry. He's just taken on these 12 students that call him rabbi. And as he's walking along, as you see in Mark chapter 4, verse 1, it says, He began to teach again by the sea. Which means this was a common occurrence. This was something he did often. He would teach. And the wonderful thing about the area, and when they would get into a boat, is it was a natural amphitheater. So last, last week, if you came, we had to have all of this sound equipment, right? In the room today, you're hearing my voice through sound equipment. So, you can be, so we can be clear and concise. But back then, they didn't have that. So what they would use, they would use the surrounding area, and he would get on a boat, he would get in the sea, and it would project his voice. So everyone could hear it. It was a natural amphitheater. It was natural acoustics. And that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to teach this very large crowd that had gathered. Verse 2, And he was teaching them many things in parables and was saying to them in his teaching. It says, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow, and as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Other seeds fell into the good soil. And as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop and produced thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. And he was saying, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. So we have this interesting little story. This illustration, as you can imagine, they're sitting in this area and they're by the sea, so naturally that's a good water source. So there would have been farmers around. And I can imagine, this is just me kind of reading into Scripture a little bit, but I can imagine as the, the crowd were following, as Jesus gets out into the boat, He looks around and He starts seeing all of these farmers around Him. Now, Wilkes County, if you're new to Wilkes County, that's one thing you can say is it's a farming community. We have lots of farms. There are farmers in, in our church. Everywhere you drive, you can see a cornfield, right? In fact, that's why there's multiple ways to get to multiple things because there's either a cornfield or a cattle pasture or a chicken house in the way, right? We are a farming community. Same thing here. I can imagine Jesus just looking at and starting to see these farmers. And the way they farmed back then was different. They didn't have all this equipment. They didn't have the John Deere tractors or, and they couldn't go and plow the ground. A lot of them had to use what they had. So they would take seed, they would get seed, and they would just start walking in, a, in, in rhythm 
throwing seed out, trying to create nice lines, trying to make sure it's going to be good to harvest, to, to garden later on. And that's what they would do. They would throw out seed, and where the seed fell, it's where it fell. They didn't have time to put it in the ground everywhere, so they would just throw it out, and then they would come back behind it, and they would try to push some dirt on top of it to get it in the ground. And that's what Jesus sees here. He sees this person in the field farming. And he says there was a sower that came out. He threw seed all over the place. Some fell along the path. Some fell along the rocks. Some fell along the thorns. But some, that fell on the good good dirt. Now, I'm no farmer. I will admit that. I'm not even a gardener. I don't do a garden because it's a lot of work. And all my friends that garden, they always tell me, I want to do a garden. You get fresh vegetables. But by about, what, June Mid-June, they're ready to give up. They're ready to set it all on fire because it's a lot of work. Some of you are gardeners. Some of you have a green thumb. You love going out and planting things. You know, for me, I plant it in the ground. I water it. God takes care of the rest. That's where my hope lies. I, I'm, you know, I have, I moved into our new house. We got rose bushes. I had to learn how to do rose bushes. Never had rose bushes. And for the record, rose bushes are finicky. And they require a lot of attention. You've got to make sure you get fertilizer on them. You've got to make sure there's no bugs on them. You've got to make sure, you know, they don't get... Last year, they got a disease called black spot. Didn't know. Now I look, they've got bugs, these little bug things. I don't know what to do. It's a lot of work. I can't even imagine what it's like to be a gardener. And you have all these fruits and vegetables that you've got to go out and weed. You've got to go out and take care of. I can't. Now, I love a good lawn, though. Now, grass cutting is my thing. Now, I've learned, I want, I've always wanted a nice green, you know, grass front yard that you cut the nice lines. See, some of the men in the room, they're, they're with me now. There's nothing but instant gratification when you're cutting grass. But that's a lot of work, too. You've got to make sure you've got the right pH levels. You've got to make sure you've got the right fertilizer. You've got to make sure you've got the right grass seed in the certain areas. And it doesn't matter what happens. You throw the grass seed out there, and it never lands where you want it to land. It always lands somewhere else. And grass, the grass you want to grow in your front yard is always brown. But the grass on your path along, you know, in your garden, it's wonderful. Like, I don't understand it. But that's because I don't have to. And that's what Jesus is trying to illustrate, that the Word of God, the seed that He talks about, the seed at which we are to deliver, you really have no control over it. Have you thought about that? I was thinking, as I was studying this passage, I was really thinking about how amazing it is that God, that we have these little seeds you get them in a packet. The packet's about this big and they come with a lot of seeds. And that little seed can grow up to be huge. Like I have had the privilege of going and being and seeing a, the corn farm. Somebody in the church invited me over to his farm and I got to see and he was explaining to me how, you know, you plant corn. And if you think about it, corn is just a little seed and it can grow up to eight feet high. And produce this wonderful vegetable. Something that, that can sustain you. Something that, can, that tastes great. Something that gives you energy and growth. So the first element of the story we need to look at is the seed. 
that Jesus talks about. He says, there was a sower and, some, and throwing out seed. So what is the seed? That seed is the Word of God. That's what Jesus is referring. Later on, he explains it because when he just says this to the story, he wants people to kind of start thinking. Jesus always challenged his followers to think. He was always trying. He wasn't talking in code. He wasn't trying to keep. He wanted people to really grasp what he was trying to say. See, a lot of the times the generation just wanted to be spoon fed because that's what they've been taught. Tell me what to do and what not to do. It's that simple. If I do this, X plus Y equals Z. And sometimes it works that way, but a lot of times he, it's about a deeper meaning, which is why he's getting you thinking about a seed and what that means. And the seed is the Word of God. It's very small. It comes in a little bit of snippets, but it can grow abundantly, right? If you've been a believer, you've had this happen. You've been listening to a song just sitting around, listening, and then later on, that song will pop up in your head, right? As we, you know, you come to this service because these hymns, I've heard this, the hymns that I grew up listening to, because you have embedded it in your heart, and those songs have done something to you. I find myself growing up in church since I was a little bitty baby. I have been singing songs. I have been hearing the Word of God. And now, after 39 years, there are times where I can reach back to when I was sitting with my grandfather, talking to him, or listening to my dad sing a song. And those songs will randomly come up. Or some of us, we hear a great teaching through Sunday school or through a small group or through a sermon and later on it'll just pop up. That's why the psalmist says to plant the Word of God in your heart so that it may grow. Because everything else will wither away except the Word of God. The Word of God is small and it comes in very little but it can grow to be big and humongous. I mean, even the fact that we're sitting in, this, in the church today, in this building today, worshiping, is the fact that a small ragtag group of people who heard the Word of God went out into the world. The whole book of Acts is how this great community, it started with about 120, and it expanded within a several years to be something that rivaled the Roman religions. Think about that. Other empires have fallen, but Christianity has continued to grow and prosper. And you may be saying, well, Tad, I look around and it doesn't look good right now. The world has never looked good since the beginning when we chose the knowledge of good and evil. In that moment, it was never good. It was always evil. There was always sin. The moment we miss the mark and we start thinking selfishly is the moment it's not going to be good. And that's been happening since Adam and Eve decided to do things on their own instead of following God. See, the Word of God, that's the seed you are to plant. 
Which leads us to that next part is it says there was a sower or a farmer spreading seed. So the element we've got to think through, a sower is anyone that proclaims the Word of God. Now, I've heard interpretations say this is just Jesus. And, I want, and, and I'm not saying they're wrong because Jesus did declare the Word of God. And in the moment, we need to read about Jesus declaring the Word of God because He is the ultimate authority on God because He is God. But I believe what God is saying to us today and in this moment is that we, if you are a believer, if you're sitting and you're listening to God's voice, you're trying to seek that, then you are a farmer. Today are you or someone spreading the Word of God. And if you proclaim to be that in the community, you guarantee everything you say is a reflection of God. Now that's a scary moment if you think through it hard because some of us when we get in the car and we get behind somebody that's driving too slow in the left lane and they should be in the right lane, we don't use nice words. Or that person that makes us mad because they were at work and they started talking back about behind our back or they didn't hold up to the rule. We may say something out loud that's probably not very godly. Some of us, if we're honest, are selfish anyway. Because when we hear the Word of God, we just want to hold on to it. We just want to take it and we want to, we want to make it grow within us. We don't want to tell other people about it because we haven't. Because we're scared we may be wrong. Which leads to the next element of the service, uh, of, of the story where we talk about the different dirts. Now, a lot of people call this the parable of the dirts. Because we hear about that ark. That's, the most, that's most of the story is where the seed falls. So you have the seed, which is the Word of God. You have the sower, which is the proclaimers of the Word of God. And then you have the different dirts. Now, let's go back just a moment before we move. As a sower, stop being afraid to spread the gospel. Stop being afraid. Stop being afraid of talking about what God has done for you. Your job is simply to be fruitful and multiply. That came from Genesis 1.26. It was the first commandment given to mankind. Be fruitful and multiply. You can't multiply if you're holding all your seed to yourself. You can't multiply if you're not showing any fruit to other people. You can't. You can't multiply if you're constantly consuming the product, which is what a lot of us do today. We consume. We don't cultivate. We consume. But we need to be ready to give the Word of God out. So don't quit before you get started. This, if you're thinking that, this parable is for you. If you've given out the Word of God, if you share the gospel and you've been rejected, this parable is for you. If you've spread the Word of God and you saw abundance and you've seen people come to their faith in Jesus and commit their life, this parable is for you. Because the thing about these dirts, we all have been one of these dirts this week. We all are one of these dirts right now. And we all will be a different dirt next week. Because it's all about the characteristics within our heart. So the first thing we see 
As he was sowing, verse 4, as he, some seed fell beside the road, or some of your translations may say the path, fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. So that first seed, or the first dirt, is the hard path. It's the ground that is like the carpet. You try to throw seed on it, nothing's going to happen. You've done that. You've tossed seed out and it lands on your walkway, the road, and usually what happens is birds come and eat it, right? It takes away completely. You can't cover it up. It does no good. It's, hard. it's on hard ground. See, that hard path, that's the hearer with a closed mind. This is someone that doesn't want anything to do with religion, Jesus, love, hope. They have had a hard heart. They are mad at everything. They are depressed. They are sad. They are all of these things that have caused them to be hard. We know those people. You've met those people. Sometimes we're those people. Because the first thing we've got to admit is that we are sinners And we all are sinners. We all have had a hard heart. And if you haven't had a hard heart, you will. Because life throws you curveballs. Life throws you things that you can't control. You don't know what to do with. And you're going to be angry. And that's usually what causes a hard heart. Anger. You're not getting your way. And so what happens is when you hear the word of God and you've done that, you've had a friend, you've been going through a tough time and that friend has come and said and starts quoting scripture to you. And what do you do? Push them away, right? I don't want to hear that right now. Or they'll try to throw you a song. They'll send you a link on Spotify and say, here, have, here listen to the song. It really blessed me today. And you're like, I ain't, gotta, I ain't listening to that. I'm not in the mood for that. Have you heard that? Have you said that before? I'm not in the mood to hear that. I'm not in the mood to worship. We know Dr. Mike can tell if you're in the mood to worship or not. You're not fooling anybody by sitting in that seat. And when you may be mouthing the words, but if your face is not full of joy and worship, then you probably have a hard heart and you need to start looking at that. So the hard path is the hearer with a closed mind. It reaches the person, but it doesn't sink in. It stays right on the surface. They don't want to do anything with it. But I had to ask myself, what makes it hard? Because to get through the hard, to get through hardness, if you've ever tried to break up hard ground, you've got to figure a way why it's hard. Is it just because it's dry and we haven't had rain lately? Has there been outside elements that cause this? Or is it just the way it is? Things you have to think through because we were wanting to get through the closed mind. When I talk with people and they have no interest in hearing what I have to say about Jesus, I start asking them questions. What's going on in your life? Tell me your story. And it's amazing how when I start building a relationship with some of them, I start realizing why they're hard, why they're closed-minded. And it's usually something, an outside effect, an element that's caused them to have that hardness. The second dirt is the rocky place, the rocky dirt. He says, other seed fell among the rocky ground. Now, this is an interesting thing for me as we look through. Jesus uses a different word to describe the different dirt. He doesn't call them all soul. He says the rocky or the hard path, the rocky ground, 
and then we'll say among the thorns, and then it's a good soul. But that's just a note just to kind of put, you can put a little footnote there to look at it later. But he says that the rocky ground, in other words, this is ground that has all the rocks or the rocks underneath it. And we, we've seen that. If you've planted something, that's always the curve. Or if you've, if you've built a ramp or dug a hole, there's always rocks. But that rocky ground is the emotional mind. It's a hearer with an emotional mind. In other words, everything they do is out of emotion. When they hear something, they react. They're very reactionary. They don't do a lot of planning. They don't do preventative care. They do reactionative care. So they may be coming up and they may be in a moment and they just get so excited because the speaker was good, the music was good, the emotion starts dwelling in you that you're ready to make that commitment. I've seen this happen in my 20 years of youth ministry. This is probably one of the biggest things among teenagers because why? They're an emotional mess. I am constantly talking with other youth ministers that we need to make sure when they make a decision, they're thinking. Because, right, y'all, I'm looking around the room. Most of us are older in the room. You've had teenagers. You've raised teenagers. Your grandkids are probably teenagers now. And every time you look, you see, and they make an emotional decision, and you're just shaking your head going, what were they thinking? They were thinking with their emotions. But we know adults like that. You know that, and if you don't believe me, make a Facebook page. Because you will see a lot of emotions on Facebook. Or, if you really want to see emotions, just make a decision and make it publicly, and trust me, you will get plenty of emails about how your decision was wrong because it affected my emotion this way. Once again, you shouldn't have to look far to see that we're a broken world. We're watching a war raised because of an emotional decision. And that's what it is. We see a lot of wars come about because of emotions that are driven. And we see the same thing in a Christian community where we see people come down the aisle because they were filled with emotion. But what happens after a week, a month, a year with their walk with Christ? It's barely there. It's barely there. Emotional decisions are not bad. Hear me. But what are you doing to get rid of the rocks that are preventing the roots from growing? Because that's how you sustain the Word of God, is it's got to go deep in the roots. It's got to stay strong. If there's no ground to, to, be, to, to feed the roots, if it's shallow, it can easily be pulled out. You've got to have depth. This is also the people that I see that when they hear the Word of God, they just stay so shallow in their understanding. They don't want to study. They don't want to think critically. They don't want to wrestle with the questions. They just want to be told what to do so then they can react. And Jesus is saying, you've got to think about the why you're doing it. I tell you, for you have heard it said, do not commit murder. But I tell you that if you have anger in your heart and you call someone a blockhead, then you are condemned for death. For, I've heard, for you have heard it said before, help one another and love one another. Well, even the pagans do that. For I tell you that if somebody wants your cloak, give him both. Or if somebody wants to walk a mile, go the extra mile. 
You see, it's a deeper understanding of the gospel. Yes, the gospel is simple. Jesus came to keep you from dying, to bridge the gap. You are broken, and because of your brokenness, you're seeking other things to find fulfillment, but the only fulfillment can come through Jesus because He took your sin. He took your wrongdoings. He took your selfishness. He put it on a cross. He died on your behalf out of love. And then three days later, He rose up from the grave to give you hope. That's a joyous celebration. And that is simple to understand. It's simple to get. But it takes root to follow. That means you need to go deep. These are the people that come in on Sunday morning and they worship every Sunday. They're sitting in a seat just like you. And every Sunday they're here, but they do nothing else with God the rest of the week. There's no Bible reading. There's no prayer. There's no fellowship. There's no community. That's why we tried our best as a church to get back into Sunday school and to fellowship as quickly as we could. And it's growing. Because right now we, need, we are trying to plug more people into Sunday school right now into small groups that we just started two classes and we need to start about three or four more. It's an amazing thing to have because we see people wanting depth. And you have friends, you have people that go to other churches, you have people that you deal with that there's no root in their life. They're not grounded in the Word of God. Because that leads us to the next part of the story where it says, in verse 7, and other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it and yielded no crop. See, this is the, this is the wandering mind. The seed that falls among the thorns is a hearer with a wandering mind. Somebody that's constantly worrying. They're worried about everything. Every time you talk to them, they're worried about it. Or maybe they're the type of person that their mind is constantly going and they're looking at these other avenues. They never are content. They never get grounded into, with their roots. They want to spread it out all over the place. If I'm honest, this is me. Last weekend was a great weekend, but I was worrying all week. Even the day of, I was worrying. One of our deacons looked at me and says, you're going to have to slow down. Because I was trying to make sure everything, I'm a spreadsheet person. And I was trying to make sure everything in my spreadsheet was working and flowing. Volunteers that were showing up, making sure they knew what their job was doing, checking on everybody. I was running around and a lot of times those thorns choke out your fruit. And luckily I have people in my life that look at me when I get to those modes and say, slow down, calm down. Your worrying, your wondering is going to keep you from bearing fruit. Because there's nothing worse, really, if you think about it, that you've done all the work. You've planted seed. It grows up and nothing comes of it. All right? Y'all been there. You've planted the garden. You've had that tomato plant. You've done everything you can and it never produces tomatoes. You don't, you don't, it doesn't bear any fruit. Same thing with here. When seed falls among the thorns and everything chokes it out, 
then there's no abundance. There's no spreading. There's no joy. So you can't have the Word of God and not have joy. If you've got the Word of God in you, you're going to have joy. You're going to want to express the joy. You're going to want other people to see the joy. You're going to be spreading it more and more so others can feel what you're feeling, see what you're seeing, hear what you're hearing. The wandering mind will keep you from producing a great crop. And then the last one is the good soul. Other seeds fell into the good soul, and as they grew up, increased, they yielded a crop and produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, this is a soul that's been worked. This is the, the hearer with a prepared mind. They've been preparing for this. See, good soul just doesn't happen. I've learned that. It takes work. It takes preparation. It takes thinking. It does take planning. It takes a moment of where you are get your heart right so that you can produce abundantly. You see, he doesn't just say just that yielded a crop and produced, right? He says it produced 30, 60, and 100 fold. Now, we hear those words and we're thinking, okay, those are just, those are numbers. Yeah, that's good. You know, we look around and we see cornfields and we see, we can see a hundredfold easily. But for them, you're talking about a little farmer. The most he's probably ever saw was probably two or threefold of an abundance. And Jesus is speaking this great abundance because that's what the Word of God will give you. The Word of God will give you an abundant life. Not an easy life. Not a prosperous life but an abundant life, meaning you will be able to spread and people will give you back the joy, but you've got to be prepared for it. You've got to be the one that's ready to take the seed and let it grow with inside of you. That means that you are preparing for it by reading your Bible throughout the week. You're praying not just when you're in desperate and celebration, you're praying all the time. You're being, someone is working with you. Somebody's giving you the right nutrients. Somebody's giving you the right water. See, it takes a lot of preparation and a lot of thinking to be the good soul. The Word will enter it and then fill it. Just like the Word enters us, it'll fill our heart, it'll fill our mind, it'll fill our soul. That's why Jesus said that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. It takes it all to have the good soul and to be able to produce a crop a hundredfold. Some of you in the room have done this. You've been a reflection and I've seen how you've spread the word of God and most, a lot of people can go back to that moment. You were a Sunday school teacher for years and people can point back to where you helped them in a tough time. I have seen that happen within groups at our church where there's been a tragedy happen and the group comes together and they're producing and they will always make an imprint from the, the word that was in them, from the soul and the seed they were spreading. You see, we can't control other people's dirt. We want to, but we can't. You can only control your own. You can only control where you're at. So where are you today? Which one are you? Be honest. 
This isn't a place for Sunday school answers. This isn't a place for you to just to think that you're the good soul because I would say there's only a few of us and I don't think I'm there yet because there are moments when I'm not very good soul. There's moments where I have a hard heart because I'm mad. There are moments that I'm emotional. There are moments that I'm worrying about everything, but there are moments when I've been prepared and I take the seed, the Word of God, and it spreads and I can go out and share it with others. So where are you at today? You need to figure out which dirt you are and try to get to the good dirt. If you are the sower in this moment, spread the Word of God out. Or maybe you don't know where you're at because you don't have a relationship with Jesus. You've never committed to a community. You've never understood what Jesus has done for you. I would love to talk to you about that. That's what you have to do. You have to admit that you've sinned, believe that Jesus took it from you, and then commit to following Him. Commit to working at your life so that you can have the Word of God within you and show it to others and be fruitful. Maybe today's the day you need to talk about it. The, the altar will be here. Dr. Mike and Retta will be coming up to play this last song. But I hope that you'll take into account what God is doing in your life and how you can change and be renewed through the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for giving us your teachings, giving us your love and grace. I pray that you will help us. I pray that you will guide us in all we do. In your son's name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.